Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Hey guys, Maximilian X here on the top of the episode um, with a special message from the team. We made a survey to gauge what people think of Game Rivals. Please fill this in as it will help us make the content that you would enjoy. The link for this is in the description for the episode, or you can find the link also on our Twitter, which is at game underscore rivals underscore. Thank you for your attention, and now back to the main episode. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and here with me is, of course, the amazing, the talented, the Sony executive himself, Sean Templar. Hello, Sean Templar. Welcome back. How's it been, buddy? Uh, it's been extremely busy, but uh, yeah, you know, still going on and... We're looking forward to some great new releases coming up in the next few days slash weeks. Slash years. Slash years. But yeah, sure. Um, we have a lot to cover, so let's just dive right in. Um, Sean wanted to take the first one because I think that's something that you've been excited for and we've been talking about it for the longest time. So take it away. Yes. Um, so we got some more PlayStation 5 details. Uh, there was a a while back Wired had like an exclusive reveal and they got another exclusive reveal in which they talk a little bit more in depth around the controller that the PlayStation is going to have and specifically the technology that's going to be on board. So what they're going to do is, is they're going to have adaptive triggers as they call it. And mm-hmm. the example Sony gave is around that if you, for example, use a bow and arrow that you can feel the tension on the bow when you rack the arrow. That kind of sounds like uh, they're confirming Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is coming up, I think. Eh, uh, I mean, that's the best example you can give without it sounding <sighs> murdery. Is that the right what? word to say? Yeah, let's go with that. I mean, you can say the same thing about pulling a trigger on a gun, but you kind of don't want to draw attention to that kind of culture. So they went with bow, which is a lot more safer because, you know, you can hunt with a bow. Uh, I like to think they uh, confirmed Horizon Zero Dawn 2, but we'll go with the hunting bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll have adaptive triggers. Um, and besides that, it will also include a haptic vibration technology, which will... Allow... HD rumble. Oh, get out of here with your HD Yes, rumble. it is. It is. You know what the funny Just part is? Just calling it haptic doesn't make it any different than HD rumble, bro. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about the exact same thing and then they literally said, yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of like HD Rumble, except I couldn't care less about HD Rumble after two minutes and this actually sounds super cool. Okay, but that's, okay, that's just, that's them being like Sony fanboys, like straight up. This, this site was not really a Sony fanboy site because unlike, on really? the contrary, I really don't listen to any Sony podcasts. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
So no like PlayStation Beyond or anything like that. No, 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 no. Hmm. You're actually okay. uh, searching for words right now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But what the I'll technology one, is going to do? One. What the technology is going to do is is it's going to make you feel the difference. For example, what the examples they gave is if you're walking, for example, in the mud or in the snow, you should be able to feel that. And the same with if you they had a, a demo of Gran Turismo Sport. That if you, for example, crashed into something, that you would feel different impact in the controller instead of just the controller rumbling on all sides. So there's, yeah, exactly. it's far more precise and far more refined rumble. And they actually said that they had the technology ready at the time when the PS4 Pro came out. They just didn't want to divide the community or certain games. Yeah, they didn't um, want to say they didn't want to segment the community, which yeah. Which That's, is a good cool move because, yeah. honestly, I don't know why you would even do that if you're just making a, a, a beefed up version of the PlayStation 4. Um, that So, yeah, that is the right move for them to make. So To be honest, maybe they should have. Yeah, it's tricky, but I, I don't understand why Sony isn't doing an elite controller like Microsoft is because Microsoft kind of proved that people are willing to pay 150 bucks for a controller if it brings great functionality or customization. And they have third parties that do it. It's just not the same as when Sony was to, was to do it. Well, and this would be an example in which they can incorporate those features. Well, to be fair, we do know a guy that does have one of these third party controllers and he swears by it. So, yeah. 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 I like the design of the DualShock 4. And I don't hope they're going to change it that much when they move to DualShock 5. But there's only. We talk about features. There's no visuals or photos or videos or anything about that because yeah, and the, the demo the controller they used was a ps4 controller yeah that's the basically the i think the development unit that they had on on yeah. hand so i'm i'm assuming that the controller is not gonna change a lot in style it you know outside of the fact that it has new features so it'll accommodate to those features um whether or not they'll take away the touchpad who knows? Yeah, I read but there some is... things around that there might be a microphone in it. Um, yeah, but Mike Cerny didn't want uh, Mark Cerny. Why did I say Mike? Mark Cerny did not want to talk about that in the interview. Yeah. He was very yeah. coy about a lot of things there. Yeah, I think but, they want uh... to keep a few surprises for the upcoming months. They they did confirm the name, so it's going to be called PlayStation Five, and they also confirmed the wow. release date, which is going to be holiday twenty twenty. Wow, something that. Wait, wait. I think I predicted that exact same thing. I think you and I both predicted that. Like anybody could have predicted that it's gonna come out holiday twenty twenty. And seriously, PlayStation Five, yeah, we know they're not a really original in the naming category, but at least it makes sense. Unlike Xbox One, yeah, but the I, I like the one name because they mean it like it's your all in one setup or it's your all in one box that has everything. It just doesn't work in the Netherlands. It works more in the states, I think. Yeah, but even then, they took out most of those features anyway. Yeah, that's when they learned that people are actually not waiting for all those entertainment features, and they actually care about the games and nothing more. No kidding. <laughs> but that's funny, because the PS3 was one of the... The PS3 at the time was the most used Netflix platform. So that's kind of funny, because eh, people would expect... They get overshadowed by the Wii... Well, I, I remember at the time when they released the stats, they said that the PS3 is 
the biggest Netflix platform or the most used Netflix platform out there. Yeah, It'll probably maybe. be changed now because a lot of TVs are smart TVs. So. Sure. But I do know for a fact that the PlayStation 3 was the most bought Blu-ray player back in the day. Yeah, that makes sense because it was the cheapest Blu-ray player. Yeah, but which just then baffles me why they never did that for the PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox did. But because be honest, PlayStation 4 Pro does not support 4K Blu-rays. The Xbox One S does. I know, but like, let's be honest. You watch any blue? Did you watch any Blu-rays? Or do you watch any Blu-rays? Because well, I honestly don't. I stream everything because it's easy. I literally own one Blu-ray. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it's the Avengers. Oh my god, you're such a fanboy. <laughs> Which is completely pointless now, except for the fact that it at the very least has uh, uh what do you call it again? Director's commentary. Hey. Man, I miss those stuff. You can turn it on with certain things on Netflix. Really? Yeah. I have never seen look that. Look in the audio kind of options. Stuff. You didn't know that? No. It does, not everything has it, there. but there are, I have seen movies. For example, House of Cards has a director's commentary in a few episodes, or maybe in the first whole season. I know that they that's something they added afterwards. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, and then David Fincher kind of walks you through the episode. But right. we digress. Yeah. That's all about PlayStation News. Mm-hmm. Know that you have uh, a few uh, hot topics. Yeah, let's um, let's go back to the old well, shall we? And talk about our good friend Google Stadia, which want, finally has a release save date. Save that one for last. You want to save that for last? I want to save that for last. You sure? Yeah, let's get right. your Hong Kong thingy out of the way because that's going to take up most, I think. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief because, I mean, most people have already talked about it. I just wanted to bring it to attention to our to our listeners. Um, so a while back, I think it was around the last episode that we did, there was this, if you've been following the news, there's these ongoing riots and protests going about in Hong Kong about extradition uh, laws to the mainland. And I don't want to get into that kind of, because we're not a politics-driven podcast. Um, But suffice to say, uh, while those things are still going on during that time, uh, during a Blizzard uh, Hearthstone tournament, or after a Hearthstone tournament, uh, the winner was being interviewed by these two uh, uh, casters that work for them. And the one who won was uh, a player called Blitzchung, who is a Hong Kong native. And he came on the screen wearing basically protester riot gear, which is a face mask and goggles, and took the mask off and said, liberate Hong Kong, independent forever, something like that. And, well... Let's just say the Chinese government tends to frown on these kind of things. And Blizzard went into ridiculously fast damage control overload, where they not only banned the player, but they also took away his, I think what I think it was $10,000 prize money. And they also uh, 
blocked the casters from working for like a whole year. So that was a whole thing. Actually, the initial reports was that the casters were fired, but that apparently was not the case. They were just, um, you know, blocked for a whole year. Um, needless to say, a lot of people did not take kindly to that because that was Blizzard um, kowtowing to the Chinese government, which was already a hot topic because the NBA did that days before. Ooh, oh boy, that is a lot to unpack. But if you want to know more about that, look it up. It's all over the news. You literally cannot miss it. Um, suffice to say, Blizzard had to address it, and they addressed it poorly. Um, they eventually did reinstate uh, Blitzchunk's prize money, but they still had him banned for six months from professional play, which... You know, for a professional player whose livelihood depends on him being in tournaments, that's kind of bad. So, yeah, it really sucks. Um, the casters also had their 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 uh, ban reduced to six months. But I don't know, man. To me, Blizzard doing this stuff... I mean, I know that they have ties to, to Chinese... Uh, Companies with NetEase doing most of the most of the stuff for them, you know, Blizzard China was way more aggressive in the in the addressing of uh, the punishment to Blitzchung, and yeah, it's just one of these things that makes you realize that uh, we kind of live in a world where China owns like secretly a lot of stuff. <laughs> and they don't really tend to be happy when you when anybody speaks ill will of well the republic so yeah i mean if you look at even other things that say um actually the only really interesting thing that happened out of this is that epic of all people you know the guys that for some reason, keep buying up PC exclusives. Their uh, their founder and co-owner, uh, Tim Sweeney, actually spoke up about it because, you know, Epic is owned 40% by um, Tencent, Tencent I, think? I think. Yeah. Yeah, Tencent. And he was like, yeah, we're not, we will never kowtow to the Chinese government in that kind of way. We're never going to block you know players freedom of speech because we're not a chinese owned company yes tencent may own 40 percent of the stock but i tim sweeney own the controlling share of 51 so they can all well i'm paraphrasing right now but they can all go suck one because i ain't gonna do anything about that that's oh that's basically what he said which is a a big thing if you really think about it Hmm? That's a pretty yeah, clear took- statement of stance. Yeah, but the but let's see if he'll actually hold on to that stance, right? Because that's yeah. the big test. He has put he has said something. Now he has to put the money where his mouth is. He basically painted a bullseye onto uh, Epic now. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Again, he owns the majority stake in the company, so it's not like they can force him out or anything. I think. Well... That's right. Uh, yeah, he could. If Epic has a board of directors, and uh, well, they're example, not. T- well, well, they're not. I, from 
I mean, they own 40% of the stake, but I think it's not a public co company. I don't know. Do you need to have a be a public-owned company to have a board of directors? Because otherwise, nobody would be able to oversee what the CEO is doing. Mm. Because then the CEO could basically be like this dictator determining whatever happens, and he would never be held accountable for what he does. I don't... I don't if know. they do, I don't think it matters because he still owns a majority of the shares. Yeah, but the the board could say, hey, uh, we have a vote of no confidence in him. Or, uh, you know, they could come up with any reason to kick him out. He would still maybe have part of the shares, but they could still maybe just come out. And then if he's not part of the company, he wouldn't have, he would just have 51% of the company. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm not a, an expert into uh, in these things, but uh, let's just say that uh, is a, is a powerful and 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 uh, if he's as powerful as he says he is, is a pretty hard stance he takes, and I don't hope that it's gonna bite him because Tencent might as well say, well, you know what, we're dropping out or we're we're we're, we're not funding anything because they gave gave a huge cash boost when they came in as a as a partner to Epic. So, and yeah, eventually the, the Fortnite cash cow will stop. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, maybe. But honestly, I think after a ballsy stance like that, anybody would be willing to pick up the 40% shares if they decided to sell. So, maybe still I don't will think... buy some shares. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I don't think Gabe is kind of into that kind of stuff. But then again, Gabe is into a lot of weird stuff we don't know about, so who knows? I don't know what you're talking about, and I honestly don't want to know. No, no, no. I mean, I mean corporate-wise. Okay. Yeah. To go back um, to your Blizzard part, it's funny that Blizzard does this, because when, was it last year or this year's BlizzCon, when they announced uh, that uh, mobile uh, Diablo game... Which and... is being developed by NetEase. Yeah, and it, they got a lot backlash because it's basically some game a, aimed at the Chinese market, which got a reskin, and Blizzard acted kind of like the same way they acted with this uh, in a in a really um, re um, reactionary way and and not thinking clearly and just saying, oh, we just need to change the narrative, which only got them in a worse place. Mm -hmm. And the funny part is BlizzCon still too. needs to happen. Yeah. Well, this I'm, year. I'm curious to see if they're gonna show that uh, that uh, Diablo game again or not, or they're gonna if they're gonna manage expectations better this time. Well, the big thing now that people are wondering is whether or not people are going to be protesting during during BlizzCon. I don't think that would they. <laughs> You're underestimating the power of Americans. But do Americans really care Where about what Blizzard did in China? I mean, they live stream that stuff, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, they have that. I mean, either they don't do it, or I don't know, man. I mean, it's this, like, not this Friday, but next Friday, November first. Let me put it this 3rd, way: so. the situation in 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 Hong Kong, which is happening, is terrible. Obviously, it would not cause me as a Dutchie to protest against Blizzard because I don't. You know, how should I put this? 
it doesn't affect me because maybe it's because it's over there in China. So I sympathize with their cause, but I always think like, okay, but what could I possibly do to make a difference or to influence the situation from here? I would have to go to there and, and help people there. But what, what possible difference can I make by protesting against a billion dollar company like Blizzard? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people showing their support, whether they're from Hong Kong or not, fine, do it on your own dime. But uh, like companies that they work for that have Chinese influences acting the way they do, it shows a level of cowardice that I didn't even know was possible. So, yeah, I kind of. I kind of get why people would boycott Blizzard in this case, for example. Well, let's see if that keeps on going or then maybe like a, uh, oh, I'll boycott it. But in the end, you know, people, if people like World of Warcraft, they might just say it to scare Blizzard, but in the end, they'll just keep on paying this. Well, they had to cancel an event at the Nintendo World Store where they were going to show off Overwatch, the Switch version there, because of, well, fears of protesters showing up. And causing a ruckus. Have a store? Yes, in New York. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they're getting another one in in Japan, which is ironic because the New York one was the only one, and Japan had Diddly. Wow. Yeah, go figure that one out. But I, that one is opening. I think it's actually opening this fall. Yay! So you know, something to look forward to when I go to Japan next year. <laughs> but uh yeah that's uh i mean that's the long and short of it when it comes to the whole blizzard hong kong controversy thing i mean there's a lot more nuance to it so i recommend people just reading up on that um on polygon and kotaku and ign and wherever they cut co- they covered uh, in uh, video gaming news because everybody's been covering it even mainstream news has been covering it for crying out loud so yeah. So let's. Uh, I mean, that's about it, except for you know our big friend uh, Stadia. We should maybe like uh, get a jingle or or something in which we have a regular segment, and call it something like, "What did Stadia do again this week?" Because they kind of seem probably to keep on dropping the ball every time. We probably should because we're gonna probably be talking talking about Stadia for quite some time and whenever and how hard they drop balls and like ooh, okay. So do you? So let's get it out of the let's get it out of the way. November nineteenth, Stadia drops. That's when it happens. Woohoo! Kinda, sorta, because unless you bought the Founders Edition or the ridiculously expensive, expensive premium edition, you're not going to be playing Stadia on the 19th. Which I honestly don't get. Yeah, you'll have to wait until Stadia Pro comes out later this year, which have also doesn't have a date. It's coming this year? Yeah, they said, Stadia, they said that the Stadia Pro subscription is coming this year, but not on the 19th. So basically, people are getting our early adapters and are kind of beta testing Stadia for 150, 170 bucks, something like that. 
130, but what what does that matter? <laughs> it's still expensive. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, well, you sure it's 130? Uh, I thought it was 179. Yeah, it was 129. Yeah, it's 129, bro. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had this conversation the other day. I mean, I would love to try Stadia because I find the technology behind it fascinating. And I'm honestly curious if they can live up to what they promised. Because if they can, at least the technology is there. It's just their business model that I don't like and don't get. I would like to try it too, but I ain't going to pay 130 bucks for it. Yeah, same here. I mean, um, for example, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Stadia. Apparently, Red Dead Redemption is coming to Stadia. Mm-hmm. I would love... I'm not bashing my PC, but I know, like, my PC can't run all games in 4K Ultra 60 FPS. Oh, I know mine can't and run let Dex alone Squad in even Cyberpunk 4K. 2077. I would <laughs> almost have to buy and build a new PC for that game because the developers hyping up that game so much about from a visual point of view. But, for example... I would love to be able to play Cyberpunk 2077 in all its visual fidelity at the max setting at the highest frame rate possible. And if I have to pay 10 or 15 bucks for a month to be able to play that game in that intensity, I would love it. But I refuse to buy the game for 70 bucks or 60 bucks and then pay a monthly subscription to be able to play that game. And then once I finish the game, never touch it again or who knows. But I don't. I'm not interested in renting a Uber gaming machine. I might as well buy buy the game on my console and play the best optimized well, version for my PlayStation. Well, if you're lucky and you get Stadia Pro, they might give you Cyberpunk 2077 for free. Nah, that's never gonna happen. They that's such might. a high-profile game. I mean, the fact that they're giving <laughs> Destiny 2. Which and I thought I think Destiny Two is one of those free to play games these days, so it's basically a no brainer because a couple of seasons or chapters are free to play, so it's basically a slap in the face because hey, let's give you a free to play game with your paid Stadia Pro subscription or Stadia. Well, it does Bumble. come with it does come with the latest expand. What is it called again? Shadow Keep. Shadow Shadow Keep. But then it's so... like thirty bucks that expansion. So like, oh, I'm getting. Yeah, no, man. I mean, that game came out a couple of years ago. You can't sell me on that. At least then give me Red Dead 2 or give me like a really big high-profile game. You know, I well, they I are treating this kind of like bashing Stadia, but it's just really hard not to do it because it's they just keep on making it worse. It's almost like Microsoft when they come out with the Xbox One and saying, well, we're going to introduce online authentication and you can't trade your games in or you can't lend your friend a game because... You know, that's not possible. And then they quickly went back. But it seems like Google is is so stubborn saying, no, 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 no. But this is the model we're going to do because people will love this or we're just too too, pride, too proud to admit that we kind of dropped the ball here because it just keeps on going. And I honestly am curious how many people are going to stay a subscriber because in the beginning, you always have a lot of people because it's a new service. But who, how, how big is their retention rate going to be? I mean, is the same person well, that bought Stadia Pro now going to be renewing a subscription in three months? Well, the Founders Edition comes with three months, so we'll see. Yeah. I guess in three. What months. What happens after three months? Are people going to renew? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see in that. We'll see. So November, December, January. So somewhere around mid-February, we'll find out if you know the what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put a. 
reminder in my schedule for three months or 90 days after November 19th. And then I'm going to check if there's any articles around there around subscribers or anything if I find or maybe some information around it. Assuming that they'll give that information out. Well, they won't, but maybe it, le- it will leak out. And... Well, that is not even the worst part of it. So you know that fancy controller that they made that would work on anything? Anything? Because it's connected to the Wi-Fi? Yeah. Yeah, see, that only works if you have the Chrome Ultra. The Chromecast Ultra? The Chromecast Ultra. If you want to do it on your PC or on your laptop, you still have to connect it to a, to a, a, with a USB-C uh, wire. For now, at least. Because for some reason, they prioritized the Chromecast Ultra over being wireless for all devices. By the way, did you just translate wire literally from Dutch to English? Because normally people say cable and you said USB-C wire. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. I don't know. I think I had wired on the brain. So. Yeah. But hey, my point wire? still stands, though. My point yeah, still stands. That is ridiculous. But, but th- see, that's the same thing. They promised something in the beginning, and now they're kind of changing that promise and saying, yeah, 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 the promise is kind of still there, but read the small letters. It's less than that it's a promise. It's more in the fact that they are not prepared. Like, they're clearly not prepared because the way they announced this was during the Google Pixel event. Yeah. It was a little blip during the Google Pixel presentation. Like, oh, and by the way, Stadia is coming out November 19th. Have fun. Okay. Uh, moving on to the... Look, gesture controls for your Pixel 4. Ooh. Really? But just... Oh. I, I, so many balls were dropped that day. And afterwards, and I'm assuming that they're going to do more in the future. But suffice to say, this isn't far from over. (laughs) We'll just have to wait until Stadia Pro drops so we can finally try it out and then probably dedicate a whole segment to it to see if our skepticism... When that drops, it better come with a free trial of like a month or something. Otherwise, for example, what... What I am interested in, and that might be interesting, is that, for example, Uplay Plus is coming to Stadia. So that is a situation. How does that work? I think you get two subscriptions and then you have a whole catalog of games you can play. Besides you having to get two subscriptions, which is kind of out of this world, I can see that working. So, for example, that EA brings Origin to and they say you know what we'll do a bundle if you pay 20 euros a month or 15 euros a month you get a stadia pro and you get the whole origin catalog i mean that is something i do see working because that way i don't rent a game server i literally subscribe to a service that allows me to play triple a games the way it's meant to be played and the same goes for you play plus i would love to see that because you know i can wrap my hand around that I just can't wrap my head around okay. 60 bucks for a game and then a t- subscription on top of that to be able to play the damn game. I mean, the fact that you're no laughing kidding. kind of proves my point. Uh, they need to do bundles. Yeah, they man. simply need to do subscription bundles. Say, hey, we're pairing this up with EA Origin Access Premiere or uh, Ubisoft Plus or 
whatever other subscriptions on the horizon. You know, they need to bundle that. I think that will give people more value than what I mentioned. Yeah, true. I mean, we'll see how that turns out with the whole Uplay thing. But yeah, this it's it's like the most slowest moving tr- car pileup. And every time when you think the pileup is over, there goes another car into the pile. Kind of like burnout, the game. That Do you yeah. remember the game mode they had that you would have to speed with your car over the highway yeah. and you have to crash into things? And if crash you, mode. Yeah, and then you had to cause a lot of damage. And if you had a lot of damage, you could also trigger an explosion causing extra damage. I love that mode. Man, I miss burnout. I miss burnout too. Did you know that the guys behind burnout made Firestorm? And also the Death Star VR mission in uh, in uh, Battlefront. No. Yeah, that's what they did. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. No. Oh. Well, hopefully they'll be able to do their own stuff in the future soon. But um, that's it for the news, at least for this week. That was a lot. <laughs> so. Everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with what we've been playing. All righty. Welcome back, everybody, to what we have been playing. I will let you kick this one off, Maximilian. What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of things in either quick succession or long play sessions. Um, Still trudging along through Dragon Quest XI-S on my Switch. Uh, It's been nearly 40 hours now, so I've actually had, I I passed like a quarter part of the game. Um, It's been interesting. It's been good. The voice acting is good. I've been playing it with English voice acting. Um, But... To speed things along, I am playing on auto, which helps a lot because the Switch version has a fast forward function. So the battles go really quickly. And um, unless it's a boss battle, I don't I, I don't inject myself into the battle. I just let it play out because that is a really handy way of grinding. Um, the story is really fun. Um, the characters are a lot of fun, uh, especially Silvando. Man, that I don't know if he's if he's gay or just very swishy. I mean, either or, you know. It, the character is hilarious to 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 just see interact with the other characters and just the way he acts and being all dapper and superior and just a fun character i mean the story has been fun it has it's had some upbeat moments it's had some really sad moments like the last story thing that i did was really like it tugged at my heartstrings because it's this sad love story that you just happen across and you know that the end that you start the story and you're like okay yeah someone wants you to find someone and then you find out about that person's fate and you're like, oh, this is not going to end well. And yeah, it ends on a very bittersweet note. And you're like, well, well, that gave me the feels. 
you wasn't expecting that, but it gave you the feels anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, very beautiful game, very fun game to play through. Very easy to play through thanks to the the to the fast to the fast uh, fast forwarding and um, just a lot of quality of life stuff. Uh, you can forge your own weapons in this game with, with this like cute little mini forge discussion we had last and... time that this is the best version to play and that the PlayStation version is inferior. Yes, and I still stand by that fact because, again, as I was about to explain, the Mini Forge in the original PlayStation 4 version could only be used when you were at camp. This one you can whip out whenever you want. And on top of that, if you are missing ingredients to forge a weapon, you can buy them from the menu from the Mini from the mini Forge instead of, you know, Basically, going around looking okay for by... the missing parts. I want, how should I phrase this? By having some of their player base having a lesser experience by simply not patching those quality of life features into existing versions, but they want their players or their customers to spend 60 bucks so that they can have a few quality of life improvements. I see you are not a connoisseur of monster hunter because if you were you knew that they japan that a japanese studio has been doing this for years now are we talking about monster hunter of dragon quest now well i'm talking about japanese development companies in general they'll always put out another version that has quality of life improvements and more content and essentially charge you either the same or a reduced cost because it's a special edition wow Sound like crooks that's just really bad that's just how things rolled in japan i mean the fact that 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 dragon quest 11 s is the defin that they is the definitive version is not that surprising what is surprising is that they were willing to put it out a year after the playstation 4 version okay but is it not because it's a timed exclusive or something as far as I can tell, it's not a timed exclusive. That is the Switch version. I mean, that's no, I mean, the whole reason the why they put the S behind it. Was the PlayStation version not a timed exclusive? Oh, no, 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 no. Because they... Well... <sighs> Dragon Quest Eleven is kind of funny because it was literally one of the first third-party titles that was announced for, at the time, the NX, before the Switch even had the name Switch. Because wow. Yuji Hori, the creator of Dragon Quest, was super excited about the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the only... I think that's literally the only reason why a Switch version exists. Wow. Because it got announced and, well, they couldn't really take it back now, could they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as Japan... I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that as far as Square Enix would have been concerned... They would they would have just made the PlayStation Four version and the three DS version and be done with it. So creator of Dragon Quest, I guess. Woo. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know if we were if we were gonna get it eventually or not. I don't know. But the fact remains that it was announced and here we are. That's good. That it that it became the superior version is it's questionable as to if that was their intention or not. 
But here we are. In the carry on. Yeah. So other than that, I have been playing a bunch of other stuff real quick in here and there. I picked up Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight a while ago, and um, I'm finally playing it. Um, if anybody has played a Metroid-style game, it's kind of like that, but with this creepy-looking bug guy with a beetle mask on with a sword, and like the whole palette of the game is black and white. I mean, there's color in there, but it's mostly the blood of the enemies, which is yellow, which is really weird. Okay. And they all walk around like zombies. Okay. But it's interesting, at least. I mean, it's an interesting game, and it really does play like a Metroid-style game, so I'm curious to see how how far it goes and how well it plays. It plays... Um, let me just put it this way. You have to be patient, and you have to be skilled at, plat- at action platforming to play this game. Um, I am patient. I am not that good at action platformers, which is why it takes me forever to finish those kind of games, but... I'm willing to go through it because it the story seems at least a bit interesting. Oh, that's good there. Yeah. Other than that, I downloaded the the demo for Mon- Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD on my Switch, game. which is a Sega game. And well, eh. yeah, I mean. I guess I suck at Monkey Ball because I I cannot even finish the second level in the demo. I mean, it's from later in the game, so I guess the demo is kind of cheating in that way, but I don't remember sucking at Monkey Ball. I mean, I don't remember being like the best player ever, but I don't remember being that bad at the game. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm getting old. Um, I think that I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe I really wasn't good at Monkey Ball at all. I mean, to be fair, the most things I remember about playing Monkey Ball is the first game's mini games. So yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, there is another game that I have been playing on my Switch, and I don't remember what it is. Oh, I do remember playing two other demos on my Switch. The demos for Resident Evil 4, uh, sorry, Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6. I can imagine 5 is fun, but 6 was one of the worst games I ever, one of the worst Resident Evils I ever played. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, the demo nails that in the head. Oof. I mean, oof, just, even just as a concept, it is the least Resident Evil game out there and that's saying a lot considering that stuff like outbreak exists so yeah i don't know where they went wrong but they really needed that hard reboot and that's why resident evil 7 exists so yeah but like 7 is something completely different i mean it's it is but at least makes more sense than 6 did yeah 6 is like a hardcore action game there's nothing that scares you or even gets your blood pumping in that ooh, it's creepy kind of way. It's just nasty. It's just it's just like you're moving from horde battle to horde battle, honestly. 
I had that with Resident Evil 4 a little bit, that sometimes you would shoot off the head of one of the enemies yeah. and then it would get this huge scorpion tail like tentacle thing coming out of it. I'm like, yeah, that's just really nasty. Yeah, but at least it was kind of creepy. I mean, I know that Resident Evil 4 was the genesis of this kind of gameplay for Resident Evil for a while, but at least that one had legitimate scary moments in it. 6, on the other hand, does not play that way. It doesn't even pretend to play that way. Yeah, I never really played 6. I played the demo, and after that, I was done with it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because it yeah, was that I bad. If you've played, I think you've played the demo. You've seen it all. Uh, yeah, you're better off picking off uh, Resident Evil Revelations. Way better Resident Evil game. Honestly. Yeah, or Resident Evil Two, the remake. The remake. Oh yeah, also a good one. Also very good. Pick that one up instead. Actually, pick Resident Evil Two remake up. Yeah. At least if you pick it up on the PC, you have some killer mods to play with, like Thomas the Tank's Engine being. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my goodness i've seen the footage that is legit horrifying by the way i can't imagine like that. hearing the thomas the tank engine music getting louder and louder and seeing its creepy ass face Ugh. honestly true horror has never existed in that fashion <laughs> well you gotta love uh, yeah that's true and i've been playing um I now remember. I've been playing The Last of Us a bit more, Ooh. going through it not as quickly as I hoped, but I'm still going through it. So, I mean, I I'm still I, I'm still early in the game, so there's still a lot of chatter going on. But uh, it's getting. I've reached a point where finally I'm outside of the city, so the real, the real, the real deal is about to begin. I think. Exciting. Yeah, so I'll let it. I'll let you know if I get further in that game. But uh, that's uh, pretty much what I've been doing. Please don't make a Horizon Zero Dawn out of this. I mean, technically no, no, no. you have until The Last of Us Two comes out, but I wouldn't want to give you three months to finish that game. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. It'll be, it'll be fine. I mean, I'm assuming I'll get some time off anytime soon and be able to trudge through it. So yeah, I mean. It's an interesting game. It looks good, plays well, and I want to see how the story goes. So, good to hear. Yeah, Ellie's funny though. Really? I like her. I like her. In it's the like beginning, a I was uh, I was annoyed by her, but eventually, what I liked about her, and it's kind of the same concept with God of War with Atreus, is that he doesn't really get in the way. Generally, when you have one of these AI yes. companions and they always get in the way or they, or they, I don't know, ruin your stealth moment or whatever, but she's there, she helps out, but she doesn't get in your way, which I really like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Honestly, oh. I'm, I just think she's a badass because Joel in the beginning is like a wet blanket. Like and, a real uh, difficult let me just put it nicely he's really difficult to deal with but that's what i love about the game there's a reason why he is the way he is oh i get why he is the way he is doesn't make the beauty is is throughout the journey you see him changing and evolving and it really becomes and that's why that game just nails everything just the story and the emotional part behind the game it just yeah it does something completely 
we'll see how I, I experience it. But uh, yeah, uh, suffice to say, I've reached the point where I can finally kick it into overdrive. So I'm looking forward to it. That's good to hear. Cool. So what have you been playing? I haven't had a lot of time, so the only thing I've been playing so far is a little bit of Battlefield again, because Operation Underground is still uh, going strong, so I'm playing that. And uh, um, besides that, I played a little bit more Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, um, the single player, that is, because I wanted to get in the Call of Duty uh, vibe. You're looking really strange at me right now. Oh, you mean the remake that came out like a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, the one they brought out with Infinite Warfare, so Call of Duty 4, ah, Modern yeah, Warfare yeah, Remastered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because you kind of confused me there because you said Modern Warfare, well, wait, that doesn't come out. Yeah, 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 sorry, confusing title. But yeah, the 4 <laughs> Modern Warfare Remastered that came a couple, out a couple of years ago with Infinite Warfare uh, or yeah. Advanced War, I don't know anymore. But anyways, uh, I love the single player about that one. I mean, the mission called All Gillied Up, the one in which you're in Chernobyl in a ghillie suit, slowly crawling around, taking out enemies, either with your sniper rifle or with your knife, is just one of the best single-player levels I've ever played in the game. Okay. I love that, yeah. It's and still, uh, yeah. But it's basically a stealth mission, right? Yeah, yeah, it's stealth, and then at the end it goes uh, sideways, and then uh, you go into this Rambo mode. I I saw a clip on YouTube that you that there's an Easter egg in the game that you can kill the bad guy that you kill at the end of the game. You see him in that level that you can kill him there, thus creating a time paradox. I thought, hey, that's kind of funny. I didn't know that was possible. But wait, can you continue the game when you do that, or does it like end right there? Does it go full metal there? Because there's no purpose to. uh, I don't know. Actually, I haven't watched the whole movie, but I saw it coming across in my YouTube feed, and I thought, hey, this is kind of funny. I didn't know this was possible. Wow, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. There were these instances in Metal Gear Solid 3 as well, because you come across Revolver Ocelot, and then there's this scene that you kick his ass, and he's stunned. And then I I didn't know it was possible, so I just grabbed the gun and I walked up to him and thought, hey, what would happen if I shot him in the face? So I shot him in the face. And it was like, oh, no, Snake, you've created a time paradox. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was game over. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's oh, that cool. is so fun. And that happened to me, too. Yeah. But that I, it happened to me. I didn't I didn't knock him out. I tried to knock him out. And then I accidentally killed him because I switched guns by mistake. Oh, so he died. And it's like, Snake, you created a time paradox. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I love the oh, Metal it's Gear so fun, fun sometimes. Uh, yeah, when it does that kind of stuff, when it subverts expectations, yeah, it's 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 the best. Yeah, they've uh, but when it's trying to be all meta and real, it gets really weird, like the ending of Sons of the Patriots. Yeah, I never got that. Uh... Oh no, you mean Sons of Liberty, the second one? Wait, which one is Sons of the Patriots? It's it's Metal Gear Solid Four Guns of the Patriots and it's Metal Gear Solid Two oh, right. Sons of Sorry. Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting my titles. Yeah, yeah. Sons yeah. of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. That was so weird with the screen going uh, fishing mailed and then the screen would turn little. I remember a friend of mine told me he thought his PS2 actually broke down on him, so he turned the damn thing off. Oh wait, you're talking about the weird psych out moment with Raiden, right? Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean like the very end when. Um, when, um, 
Solid as Snake is like soliloquizing about war and yeah. the and the Patriots and how they run everything and blah blah blah. Oh my goodness, yeah. that was so long and so trite. Yep. Uh, but I do like the whole psych out part when uh, when the when when the Colonel is all sounding weird and stuff. Yeah. Man, I oh, I hated that. Part. That 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 shit freaked me out. Yeah, I hated that part. And because eventually his face turns into the skeleton like real thingy. Oh, ah. oh so creepy. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. And then Rose, and Rose, your uh, girlfriend, suddenly starts to say things that she cheated on you and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, oh. this guy must go. If, if I were in right in shoes, I would just go nuts. Oh, man. Seriously. Oof. Weird. Weird yep. stuff. Hey, uh, Death Stranding is coming up soon, so that will probably be even weirder. Yeah, see, that's coming out, I think, the same day as Pokemon, and I already kind of made my, um, I already kind of made my made up my mind about that. So yeah, well, I I'm guess gonna I'll wait have for the to reviews just watch first, and then I'll buy it or not. I'll I'll watch some streams on it. I guess I don't know, man. Uh, looks interesting, and the stuff that they showed off at TGS looked interesting enough. The game looks but, really pretty, but that's the only thing. It looks really pretty, and from a gameplay point of view, going for it. No, no, no. But like from a from a visual standpoint, it looks really, really nice. From a gameplay point of view, it looks like there's a lot of stuff in there, kind of like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. It's just the story part. It just freaks me out, and I have no idea what to expect. I don't think any. I mean, even now, I still don't think a lot of people know what to expect. I read an article the a while back that said that Kojima's even confused what the what the game's about, or that even there are parts that he's not sure about anymore. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! If the creator doesn't know where this is going to go to, then we're lost. To be fair, I think that article actually got a little bit of an update because there was this thing about mistranslation during the interview. So happens often with these interviews, apparently. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was. I think what was out of it more is that yeah, he doesn't know where the story will go. But that's the beauty of it, or something like that. I don't know, man. Kojima's Kojima's way out there, man. That's that's like. I don't get paid enough to figure out what Ko- how Kojima's mind works. <laughs> well, I honestly don't want to know what's going on in there. Oh, man. Oh, well. I'm curious, but not curious enough to find out. Um, I'll just wait for the reviews again, and then hopefully, based on that, make my decision. Yeah, we'll see. Only the, the fortunate part is that the reviews come out before the game comes out, so it's not like that you have to wait for reviews to pop up. Wait, is that is that for sure? I th- I read an article that the review embargo is, I believe, the day before the game comes out. Yeah, that's really short. Well, generally, when they oh, do well. that, the games tend to be good because they have nothing to fear. You know, I mean, Ghost yeah. Recon Wildlands, the uh, uh, Breakpoint, the embargo for that game was the same day it came out, and you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, true. Ah, well, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah. That's, so, uh, anything else you played? No, that's I, I'm just really short on time, so I just squeeze, squeeze in a few battlefields. You know, uh, hopefully this Friday when Modern Warfare the remake or the reboot 
how you want to call it comes out. I'll be putting in a lot of time in the multiplayer because you know that's what I like about that game, and then we'll take it from there. All right, cool. Stick around. We will be back with, as you say, hidden gem. Well, I can't hidden gem. Yeah, that. So we'll be back <laughs> with that. <laughs> All right, stick around. <laughs> And welcome back to our Hidden Gems! Sean Templar, what is your Hidden Gem? (laughs) My Hidden Gem is a game called Helldivers. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. It sounds vaguely familiar, but please enlighten us. It is a PlayStation exclusive made by, if I remember correctly, House Marquee, which is a developer that made... Um, I don't know the game's name. It was one of the first games that came out on the PS4. You also got it free with PS Plus. It was kind of this side-scroller shooter game that you were in a spaceship, and you had these kind of like asteroid things coming at you, and it was really visually intense with a lot of flashes and bright colors and stuff like that. Ah, yeah, I remember this game. Yeah, totally. Uh, Rezo Gun, it was called, I believe. Oh, yeah, the same guys that made Rezo Gun. Yeah. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, the name just popped in. So, Helldivers right. is... Have you ever seen the movie Starship Troopers? Yeah, I've seen it. It's basically a gamified version of Starship Troopers. I love that game. You're basically this, this super soldier that... Um, drops onto a planet and there are multiple planets that you can go to multiple constellations you can go to and Mm. as in that movie you're part of this interspace alliance that actually just like in the movies has this announcement systems and this really announcer voice that says oh the great alliance liberated that planet and blah 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 they really take good cues from that movie uh (laughs) you even have those announcements in there and then you, what you do is, is you can play it up to four people in co-op. Uh, it's a bit like a, a top-down shooter in 3D. And then you can, uh, uh, at the time, if you bought it on the PS4, you would also get a version for the PlayStation Vita. So you could cross-play, well, not really cross-play, but yeah, you could play it on both platforms. Um, yeah, yeah cross-play, pretty... you could do cross-play. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was a pretty deep game, so you could... Um, you could customize your character, you could uh, gather items and then use those to upgrade certain weapons or unlock certain skill trees. So you would get, for example, a simple assault rifle and then you could fix a bayonet onto it through an upgrade or you could make it more powerful or you could put a laser on it. And it was a huge load of, of vehicles and weapons and you could just, that's the fun part, you could just throw like this signal bo- uh, beacon out and then a orbital drop would happen and then for example a walker battle tank would drop and then you would be able to jump in that and shoot and kill all those bugs and you had three types of enemies you had the bug enemies you had a kind of like cyborg enemy and there was another type of enemy and then each of their planets would have different climates and those climates would affect you as well and then you would just drop onto a planet and then you would have to do these missions on the planet really quick missions but you would get swarmed constantly and then you had to after completing two or three objectives just get to an extraction point um 
it, it, I don't know why, because I, I think I never expected it to be, because the game was 30 euros, but it was so much fun. If you would play together with a friend, for example, and somebody would throw the beacon in the wrong direction, and that orbital pod would drop, and you were in the line of that orbital drop, you would literally get crushed by it. And then <laughs> it was so funny. It happened to me a couple of times, and just it fell on me, and it was like, oh, crap, I just got crushed. <laughs> and then you could get revived, but it was still funny to see because you're in the in the heat of battle. You're shooting all those bugs or enemies. You're like, ah, and then it's, Bleh! you're squashed by a drop pod. And then you're like, well, shit, that just happened. And I'm dead now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it had this cool cartoony kind of style. So it was also fun there. And again, it's for a game that that's so cheap it has amazing depth to it which i never expected it to because i thought oh you know it's one of those simple games and the cool part is, is the, the developers kept adding features and fixes and quality of life improvements long after the, the game came out they added ps4 pro support new weapons new vehicles planets and the multiplayer or the single player campaign was kind of woven into this consistent universe in which that it would be kind of like season so that that it would take all the players in the world and it would make an alliance out of those people and those people would then be for example fighting off the invasion of the enemies and then you would log in and you would see oh in this constellation so many battles have been won and so many players have died and so many pl uh, uh, planets have been liberated so it kind of felt like you're contributing to this greater war or this greater whole and that you're actually making a difference because based on the planets in a constellation you would have a really easy planet but if you went to a, a difficult planet you would get better rewards as well and it's yeah I, it's just again for what I kind of expected and for what I got it's a huge difference I expected like it to be a a seven or a six six and a half and i got like a nine and a nine and a half experience out of it i still have the game on my playstation sometimes i just start it up play it for like an hour have the hugest smile in the world uh <laughs> you know you have these moments in which you can drop a i would always use that combo you could drop a, a backpack in which you could store more ammo and then i would drop one of those big, big machine guns so a la rombo style i would just walk up to a, a nest of these bugs i'm like ah die you bit bugs i can't use that word right ah, and i would just spray and then and then suddenly my gun would run out like oh shit i need to reload reload and i would just run away quickly trying to reload and then those enemies would swarm at me and then my gun would be reloaded and i would go ah die you again then you know rinse and repeat the whole time uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's really a fun game we should share play that one time because i think you'll like it as well yeah we should yeah sounds awesome Actually, I think because it, it was, was also a PS on Plus game, I think it was on PlayStation Three as well. I think it, yeah, I think yeah. I, you had you had to I buy. I have it in my list. If I have to check, I have like I a think long it's list also it was once in PS Plus. I already had it, but I think it was also in PS Plus. Yeah, and by the way, the developer's name is Arrowhead Games Studios. Oh, House Marquee is then is a different developer. Ah, mix those guys up. Yeah, these are the guys that made Magicka. Oh, wow. Then I have like a completely de different developer mind. Thank you for that. And the 2014 check. version of Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy that. Wait, what uh, they the heck made happened this to game? the studio? Oh, they still exist. 
But the last game they put out was Helldivers. Huh. Maybe they're working on something secret. Who knows? I mean, they're in Stockholm, so... Who knows, man? Yeah. But they well, still exist. And uh, they did put out updates for the game, so... Yeah, I mean, that's what's yeah. so cool about it. They kept on supporting it for a really long time. Yeah, it's even on PC, so... If you uh, don't own a PlayStation and you still want to play, you can get it on, uh, I'm assuming, Steam. That was my hidden gem. What's yours? Well, my hidden gem is a uh, rhythm game of a unique sort. Another rhythm game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of miss the days of rhythm games, and I'm not talking about Guitar Hero and rock band those are fine but those required peripherals this one did not and it rocked for considering it was an early ds game it was surprisingly really cool and it could get really complicated and complex and the name of this game is called daigazo band brothers or a japanese game well it's a nintendo made game so yeah it's japanese or if you're European and you picked up the sequel in 2010, Jam with the Band, which is a rhythm-based game where you play different songs like any other rhythm game, except the the level the 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 difficulties change how you play the game. If you, for example, play beginner mode, it's very easy. You use the D-pads, you use the face buttons, and it kind of doesn't matter how you hit them as long as you hit them in time with the music so you can play that and be happy with the fact that you played uh for example the first intro to full metal alchemist melissa and do that which is probably my most favorite song of the entire game to play um for example um or you could play in amateur mode where you actually have to hit the notes. So the D-pad up, down, left, right are different notes and A, B, uh, X, Y, and L, R are different notes. Or you could play in pro mode, which does take that to exactly what you would think it would mean, pro mode, where you actually have to manipulate the notes. So the D-pads still have the notes on it. The face buttons still have the notes. But now you have to use L to change the note to the sharp version of that note. Or hold down R to add other notes or raise them one octave. Or use the combination of L and R to manipulate the notes even further. Suffice to say, Pro Mode is a beast in this game. And... If you were looking to really put your dexterity to the test, Pro Mode in Daigasu Band Brothers is it. If you think that you can beat or even beat a single song in Pro Mode, then I applaud you and you deserve a plaque or something or whatever because Pro Mode in this game is really pro. Really you beat a song in uh, Pro Mode? Hmm? No. You need a song in pro mode? No, 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 I could not. No, not even a little bit. Because 
the the other cool i mean uh, just like any other uh game like for example rock band um where you play different instruments you have to choose which instruments you're going to play so you're either playing the keyboard the drums uh guitar bass which i tended to do because i love playing bass and i don't have the ability to do so in real life unless i take lessons um but yeah i mean you can play uh, like the, the lead guitar or the second guitar depending on which instruments were available in that song you can play that instrument so depending on which instrument you play the music can get either really complex or extremely complex in pro mode if you're doing piano, your your hands are basically doing this weird gymnastic. But you're doing the this DS on the with, DS. Yeah, on the DS. But how? Like, does it fit? It fits. I mean, surprisingly well. But again, it will test your dexterity because if you're playing in pro mode, you have to manually change the octaves of the notes, which is basically you're learning to play the song as is. And you're learning to essentially read notes. Okay. That's what pro mode is. So, wow. yeah. I think any musician worth their worth their salt would be able to do pro mode. Everybody else, stick to beginner or amateur mode. Is <sighs> that Amateur mode is already challenging enough because you have all the notes that you have to play. But you don't have to manipulate them into the octaves that they need to be. Mm. Okay. And it's, it's a really, I mean, it's a very straightforward game. Um, it has a lot of tunes in it, mostly of them in Japanese version, of course. It has a lot of Japanese tracks in it. Um, I'm not, I'm assuming that the European version of the sequel had all the songs being licensed Western songs. But for example, the original songs that are in here are like the F-Zero medley uh, or the Famicom medley, the, fa the Fire Emblem theme. So if you're, you know, if you wanted to play the Fire Emblem theme, you could do that. Or the Animal Crossing theme is in there. But they also have some cool anime, uh, anime themes. For example, like I said, the aforementioned Melissa, or the second intro to, was it the second or the third? I think the third intro to, um, uh, to Full Metal Alchemist, or the intro to, um, Naruto. Uh, stuff like that. It's just it like the first game had a lot of awesome songs in it, and that's the that's the main reason why I liked um, playing the first game so much. And it's kind of a shame because I I bought the game eventually, and I don't know where it is, so I lost that game. Uh oh. Which yeah, so it really bums me out. Hopefully, the next time I visit Japan, I'll be able to find a copy of it at a Super Potato. But um, if you don't feel like playing the game in Japanese, again, Europe did get the sequel named Jam with the Band. Um, plays the same way, has a few more modes in it. Um, and it's in English, so that's actually, you know, if you want to be able to read it, you can do it in that way. If you want to put your... Uh, if you if you, if you want to put yourself through the test in in the Ring of Fire and playing music on a handheld, you can go worse, but you can't go honestly any better than 
that except for another game that I'm not going to bring up anytime soon. But uh, yeah, that guy's a band, brothers, man. It kicked real major butt. Maybe you can show it to me one time. I'll I'll show you the clip that actually brought the game to my attention because it was this one clip of uh, Japanese. Because oh, I almost forgot. Jam uh, Daigasa Band Brothers actually has a multiplayer mode where you can play the song together on I think a maximum of four DSs that were talking to each other through Wi-Fi. Or like do wireless like connection. Like you're a band or something. Hmm? You, is the multiplayer based on? Is it like that you're in a band or something? Or yeah, yeah, oh, that's nice. So yeah, so it's so it's kind of like. Um, I mean, it it literally is like rock band, but instead of, well, well, actually, it literally is like rock band, but on your DS, before rock band was even a thing, because this game. Uh, at least the the first game originally came out in December of 2004, so it was a launch title in Japan. Yeah, and the sequel came out in 2008 in Japan and in Europe in 2010. That's so, you know, it, yeah, it beats Rock Band by at least, I think, a decade or so. I never or, actually played guitar here. No, 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 that would be... I wasn't into those kind of games. Yeah, nah, it was not my kind of game, man. So you never played? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you played Guitar Hero then, but not enjoy it then. I never played Rock Band or Guitar Hero. I like never really? even touched it. Yeah. Huh. I would say we need to remedy that, but honestly, I don't care enough about those franchises to do so. Yeah, it's not my <laughs> kind of game. Yeah. Oh man, but I will send you the clip for Daigasa Band Brothers because it is. So cool to see. I mean, they're not a hundred percent on key, but the fact that they're able to play together is astounding to me. I'm curious now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that. That's my uh, hidden gem for this week. I think with that, we can wrap it up, right? Yeah. Do you want to do the honors? I'll do my best. <laughs> so as always we would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this amazing episode of game rivals if you want to reach out to us you can reach out to maximilian on twitter uh at maximilian if you want to reach out to us it's at game underscore rivals underscore uh you can email us your feedback at game rivals feedback at gmail.com you can uh, drop us a anchor voice message through either the link in the description of this episode or the anchor app it's easier to do it through the link you don't have to create an account for that just drop us a message if you do we might feature you as a game rival on this episode or on coming episodes um, we've also introduced something new in the form of a survey we would love to get your feedback so if you can and want please do take a few short minutes it's really simple basic questions it's for us to get a bit more insight on the content we're creating and it's also there to help us create some future content we're thinking about please feel free to give us your opinion and fill in the survey uh, we really look forward to your feedback um you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms apple Podcasts, google whatever it's called podcast overcast stitcher spotify anchor 
If you can think of it, we're probably there. So, hey, drop us a like and a five-star rating. It helps our visibility and we'll be able to be found. And with that, I think I nailed it all, haven't I? Yeah, except for one thing that we just recently uh, started on. Of course. We also have started a small YouTube channel. Um, Maybe it's easier if we drop the link for that YouTube channel in the description as well, because there are a gazillion game rivals apparently on YouTube. Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so maybe we should just drop the link in the description. I'll, I'll drop the link in the description, so okay, uh, alongside yeah. the other links as yeah. well. But my but, uh, great, amazing yeah. co-host Maximilian has created a one-of-a-kind, unique Zelda: the, Le- the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening unboxing video for you all. And I haven't watched it completely, but from what I've heard, his voice is so zen that people almost meditate to it and fall asleep because of it. That's how <laughs> zen his voice is. So definitely check that out and give us your feedback on that as well. I definitely mean that as a compliment. I think literally somebody just said the other day, hey, your voice is so soothing. I fell asleep because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they did. You were there? As long as as people are enjoying it, you know, it's all fine with me, man. I enjoy making unboxing videos. Hopefully I can make more in the future. Hopefully we can make other content in the future as well for the channel. Um, So look forward to that. Please, uh, if you can, subscribe to it. Hit the notification bell. That way you'll also get uh, updated on whenever we upload something new on that channel as well. Um, alongside, of course, when you subscribe to the podcast, um, just keep an eye on that. We're gonna we have some fun things in store for that channel as well. Oh, we almost sound like YouTubers. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, thank you again. I'm Sean Templer, and you and are I'm Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> See ya.